The Daily Review, a podcast dedicated to reviews and discussion of TV, movies, and books. Look for us at Daily Review on Facebook and Twitter and dailyreview.com on the web. That's D-A-L-E-Y review.com. This is Paul. This is Caroline. Tonight we're here to discuss the 11th episode of the fourth season of NBC's This Is Us. This one is called A Hell of a Week. Part one. Hello. What a week, dude. What a freaking week for Randall. This episode was focused completely on Randall. We had some flashbacks, but they were all really focused on Randall and how he was growing up with a lot of anxiety, a lot of sleep issues consistently throughout his life, which I can certainly relate to. Can you at all? Not to that extent. I mean, I I do experience bad dreams that wake up me and those around me. Oh my God. But in terms (laughs) of like a chronic sense of anxiety that that drives me to not get enough sleep. I don't experience that. I do completely since I've been born. I have been a super crybaby. I constantly went to my parents' room. I couldn't wait to get married so that someone would be in the bed with me because I'm so fucking scared all the time. Um, so scared, scared, scared all the time. My brain is running 24-7, 365, and I create the most twisted scenarios to scare myself silly. Uh, my eyes in the night, like how he kept his eyes open and he's looking around, I totally do that too. Like I'm like squinting to see something in the dark because I kind of, I don't have great vision and I don't have my glasses on or my contacts. And so I'm like squinting, like, is that a person over there? Is that a thing? I can't tell. Is that something evil? I don't know. It's definitely evil, whatever it is. <laughs> right. I, I drive myself crazy. There's been so many years, if I really scare myself, like I will wake Paul up if I have to use the bathroom and be like, I need you to stay awake from the time I, go, I get out of the bed until I come back, get in the bed. Then you can go right back to sleep. But like, I need you to stay awake the whole time I'm out of bed. I'm the worst, right? Yes. <laughs> I am a super scare baby. I very much appreciated Randall. Now, we had a lot of flashbacks, Paul, in this one about his dreams and moments that he had uh, throughout his life that really frightened him. And it seemed like it was a lot of helplessness. Would you agree with that analysis of his dream? The theme that I got was was helplessness, powerlessness, inability to affect the situation going on. All those words mean the same thing. And the worst is like watching it and not being able to do anything about it. You know, like it's not just like his mom was outside cutting flowers um, and the storm's coming. It's like he's watching her do that and he's screaming in terror to tell her to come inside. But there's nothing he can do. And we, we know this all stems from the fire. The one dream that sticks out a little bit from that theme is the one where the family is sitting around for dinner yeah. with Jack. They're their older teenage selves. Yeah. So that freaked him out pretty good. What do you think about that one? So he, he keeps saying like, but he's dead, but he's dead. And, you know, Jack's sitting there and he's talking to everyone. It's that same exact dinner. Like she even says the line, like, enjoy the Cornish game hems. How could it be like, you know, burnt on the outside, raw on the inside? Like that's what she said that dinner night. Why I wonder, was he so insistent upon yelling at everyone that Jack's dead? Let's, let's see if we can un- untie this one. So in that same kind of sequence in which we see Beth emerge as like a super heroic girlfriend. We also see that that he has to go through um, a fire drill that he didn't know was a drill. Oh, God. And how that really just wrecked him. So that, in that sequence, in that span of time, uh-huh. might have been his mindset, you know, just like the fear of the fire and, and that kind of stuff. Maybe 
that's what drove that dream. Okay, I'll go with that. It also seemed like, I mean, just from the dream, even though I can't say that this is what I felt was happening necessarily in the story, maybe the fact that people were moving on in the dream, like they were talking and doing stuff, you know, Kevin got married, blah, blah, blah. And it was like, he's dead, he's dead. It was like, somebody else be freaking out about this with me. Like, why is no one else like living a life of anxiety and and fear? Everyone else is just kind of moving to the next step. And, and even though we really know that, you know, Rebecca, certainly they're all suffering for the loss of Jack. Right. But it seemed like Randall felt like they were all somehow doing better and not really acknowledging Jack's death more than he was. Okay, except for Rebecca. But yes. Yeah, but I mean, it's like, I, I mean, I disagree with what he was saying in the dream, but it seemed like that's what the vibe was, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, really heavy stuff. And for me, like hits home. A lot of different theories came out on the internet during this week about what was going on with our last scene in the last episode where we have Randall come down for that drink of water and there's a man standing in the living room. Tons of conversation about whether or not this was a hallucination, whether he was having some sort of break in reality, basically. Did you think that at all when we first came down the stairs and he's seeing this? Did you ever think this man wasn't really there? No, no, we have not seen that Randall is like uh, John Nash or something where he sees people that aren't there. That's a beautiful mind reference. Also a real person. So no. In fact, we haven't really engaged in a lot of flights of fancy or dream sequences. This episode was one of the first that I can think of that had a ton of dream sequences. I'm not going to swear that there weren't others. I'm just going to say this one really dove in. And I think it was all designed to help the viewer feel quite a bit anxious about this episode, just watching it. If you were really invested, I mean, not folding laundry, not eating or something like that, just really watching the show. I think you were supposed to feel anxious by the time by the time it was over, just kind of sucked in to his mind and how it was rapidly deteriorating for him as he went in, in the real time, Randall, I mean. I agree with you so much. I think that the quick cuts, the the up close shots of his mouth screaming, the the up close of his mouth when he's laying in bed with Beth and he's and he's screaming, just all those things that are just like really unnerving to us, you know, to see him so upset. So I was never in the camp that it was a hallucination either. I didn't know why or what exactly was going on, but did, I don't know, that just didn't exactly match for me. What do you think you would have done if you came downstairs and you saw an intruder like this? Man, I like to think that I would be as awesome as Randall was in that moment. I mean, the the line where he says, uh, if you stay, you will not get past me. My God. <laughs> that's balls of steel the guy has a weapon you're just you you know right yeah i'd like to think that i would be that guy but i don't know that i would negotiate a lot i think i would go straight for getting him out of the house in some way or killed in one way just one of those two things it's up to him i felt like he said all the right things when he said you already set out the silent alarm the police are already on the way you know and I, I know you're just here for money so here he threw his money smart 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 you know just go back out maybe maybe there's a chance you could get out of here before they get here but any which way like you're not going any further than right where you're standing i thought he played it extremely well because the guy could grab the money and he could get out of there later to find out that he didn't have an alarm they didn't yeah. even have an alarm i was like way to go dude that's called a bluff but so, I mean, I, it's hard to think on your feet, you know, and especially in that situation where your blood would be rushing in your ears, I would be 
oh man, that would be hard. My eyes would be darting around for a weapon everywhere and I don't know what the hell you would pick up in that moment. Do you have any go-to common household item weapons? Well, I have two things. I have a stun gun and I also have a large post on our four post bed that if I felt we were really in it, you know, that's what you're going for. That thing weighs like what, 10 pounds or something. Uh, It's got a big ball on the end of it. I would cave in a motherfucker's skull with that. It'd be like a a ball shaped indentation (laughs) on his skull. It'd be a perfect match. Well, good to know if you're out there and I hear you talking, then I will start unscrewing the the thing. Because it takes a minute. I mean, it does take a minute to unscrew it. So I'll I'll work on the unscrewing. it. There's a bad one. So if it's really, you know, in the shit, just just put your weight into it and knock it just break it right okay. out because because we'll we'll figure it out afterwards <laughs> oh for sure i don't think we'll live in this house again so if that's if that's what goes down right. so we're just gonna abandon all our shit get new <laughs> shit <laughs> i kind of feel like there should be an insurance policy for burglary not for the loss of your stuff but for the loss of your feeling of security like you should be able to say i can't live in this house anymore you need to replace all the contents and the house because i'm scared of someone coming back to my house again like that should be a policy i should be able to carry it's unreasonable but i want it <laughs> <laughs> right. i'm scared what's, it, what's the currency that that, that would I exchange no i don't know but i and, i mean it would be so hard when that police detective comes in and tells him it is likely that he will return either later that night or, oh jeez, oh, i don't even know if that's real or not fucking but. shit well because but what he said makes sense because burglars know that families are too rattled to stay in the home the next night because what would every single one of us do get out of here pack of our shit go visit a relative or go to a hotel or whatever but we most definitely would not stay in the house well that was fucking smart all a burglar has to do is come scare you enough to skedat out of the house for another day or two and then he can come into an empty house that's actually pretty smart look i mean i think of burglars as dumb but no they're not the home alone (laughs) wet bandits that i thought they all were (laughs) oh my god if there are any law enforcement types that listen to this and are inclined to inform your humble podcasters please let us know if that is a real thing that 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 burglars come i mean it makes like caroline just explained it makes logical sense but it'd be interesting to know from the criminal justice aspect does it actually happen does it happen and would you guys tell the homeowners how would that part go down like do you tell homeowners to get out of the house do you help tell homeowners to stay in the house like what is actually the right thing to do if if you've been burgled how do you handle the situation do you leave do you stay what do you do i would love for someone in in security or safety or police or law enforcement whatever someone tell us what what is the right thing to do what should we be telling people i hadn't absorbed yet where this house is but when he goes running Mm-hmm. later in the episode and Darnell meets him on the steps mm-hmm. um we can see his house is not like amongst a, a large uh, residential area certainly not a suburb obviously but he, it looked like there might have been like the fire station across the street or, or something municipal you know yeah like, I think that they're in the city from what I understand very so. very much in the city right that and that was his thing right he wanted to live like amongst the people he represented again going back to all that stuff about you know wanting to understand his roots and where he came from originally and when I say that I don't mean Rebecca and Jack I mean William and his mom his biological mom and where his biological roots came from that's the whole reason why we're in Philadelphia is for him to come back to those neighborhoods 
neighborhoods and give back to those neighborhoods. It's so difficult because it's like you don't you want to be making a difference and want to make it safe and happy and everyone to be good. But right now it's not. And yet your family's living in it. And here you are potentially have opened you know yourself up to being harmed. Now, there was other theories that that burglar would hurt someone in the family that future. I don't know what to call them. Flash forwards. Flash forwards. Flash forwards did not show us Annie or Deja in the future. Mm-hmm. So there was some amount of theory and conversation that either Annie or Deja would have been injured mortally, perhaps even in this um, something to do with this burglar, maybe even still coming from not in this episode, but maybe still coming. What do you think are the likelihood of that? Well, we saw how this episode ends and um, what looks like a potential breakdown occurring. Mm-hmm. However, Sterling has admitted in real life that this season is going to be a, a, a game changer for Randall. The, the breakdowns in the past have been major obstacles, but not... Well, and, and, they've, and they have had their direction-changing effect. Like, he left that company. Right. Right. Put his job. Right. The connotation of what he was saying wasn't like, he's going to find a new job. Right. This, this seemed more like Randall's a different guy. Well, after this so season. then what do you think? I think the potential is there for one of the for for someone to to get very hurt here. And since he moved them there because mm-hmm. of his own pride basically well, even like curiosity too of like wanting to know his own past. Right, but I mean the whole issue of of own of owning the building and then and then getting involved in the in the city politics and then elevating that to becoming a councilman and all that I think rests on his pride not so much I'm a curious and I want to know about mom it's it's like he got caught up in being this important man in some ways that gets back to only him I mean Beth yeah. Beth was happy where she was oh no hundred so percent the weight of that. If something happens to one of those girls, would be crushing. Would they kill Annie or Deja? Point blank, asking you a question. Don't talk around this circle. Yes they or would, no? At this point, they would not kill Deja unless she uh, asked off the show. So Annie? Yeah. You think Annie could could die? Could. Whoa. Would the show do that? Kill a kid? That'd be a pretty serious deal. So far, we can assume that the baby that died during childbirth was it born alive because i mean killing a baby is already a pretty you know ballsy ballsy move right out i think right they just gate. said that something happened during delivery so i don't i don't know i would not i do not believe they ever had a live baby okay so they've killed jack they did so they have killed beloved characters so it could happen killing a kid is always a little different when it comes on shows well, I'm leaving it as a possibility because I yeah. I could see where he is monitoring his phone so hard for the whole, um, you know, watching for the, the motion detector. Now that they've put in a security system, he's so amped that the idea that something that there could be like a one two punch on this that we think it's like, OK, they it was just a one time thing put in the security system. OK, we're going to be all right. But a one-two punch where a guy comes back or somehow does something, that would knock the wind out of everyone, wouldn't it? If anyone out there has any questions about whether or not the cameras are actually that annoying, try installing a ring on your house and then just leaving the settings at default. It's it's like that. (laughs) Let's just say we've been awoken by a lizard more than once. So, yes. And it scares the shit out of you because it's the middle of the night and you're staring into a camera because the thing's gone off and now just this little eyeball comes right up into the camera lens. Like, it is scary AF. Do you think that Randall should have 
continued to go to work and have the town hall meeting and all that? Or, or would do you think Randall should have said, we've had a situation, our home got broken into, I really need to deal with my family. Like, was there any reason to be so secretive about that? No, I think... Is that a pride thing? Like, you're just, I'm yes. working through everything? Yes, because he's trying to be everything to all all people, right? He's trying to be strong for Rebecca. He's trying to set an example for the kids, I guess. He's he's trying to be the councilman, right? Mm-hmm. He's 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 out on a limb with this housing bill that I haven't heard of before this episode. We could very quickly observe that his constituents aren't as sure that it's going to work out for them and he thinks it is, but you know, he's new to this and and he doesn't have their support on it. So he ha- he has Jaywan on staff for a reason to help advise him right. on these kinds of things. His advice was Take a day off. I think I definitely would. I mean, I would just give it a day or two and get your affairs in order in terms of making sure the kids are settled and okay, making sure the house has the, you know, the security system and everything. Do all the things that you need to do, you know, to to try and feel comfortable. Would you have sent us away and stuck around at the house with your golf club? And do you think Randall was hoping the guy returned? You know, I don't know. I mean, as much as I like to think that I would be awesome in a confrontation, I don't know that I should go around courting them either. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I think... I think it would make some amount of sense to take whatever those things are that you would just die if they if if you didn't have them anymore and then spend that night in the hotel. Come back and just roll the dice, right? He's not going to burn your house down. He's just going to come in and steal some shit. I guess, but it's like he but he wants to catch the guy who does who did it. He does. I mean, he so it's does. like laying the net out, right? So I can only say that as someone who hasn't had my house burgled yesterday as if if that were the case i don't know if i'd be at the pawn shop buying rifles to set up as booby traps on all the doors i'm not sure i can tell you this i would never stay at the house by myself i think that the idea of setting up some sort of like, if he comes back, we're going to be ready, but it would be a week. And I mean, he does have Jay Wan and he does have a brother and he does have other people in his life. I'd be calling other people in my life. I'd be like, can you guys come and, you know, if something goes down, like, would you be here for me? Or I don't know. I mean, he probably has access to some sort of security people, you know, like I, I would see about hiring a security person, you know, to stay overnight at the house that night in the house with me unobserved so that if something went down, there would be more than me for protection. I would not want it one on one. Not with a golf club? I no, mean, shit. I don't even a golf oh, club. Man. What are you going to do with a golf club? I don't know. I don't know. Just make someone mad. You yeah, you would get one hit and then they'd be they, that would just piss them off. That would not take anybody out. Not with an iron. I mean, shit, at least <laughs> your driver, bro. Jesus. The whole thing with that. Oh god. What did you think about the fact that he did not have them dust upstairs during the um conversation? Should we have keyed in on that we with the cop, you think? Yeah, we should have. We should have cuz he was like, "Nah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. But that, oh. Because so then- remember, remember, dear listener, Randall went and checked every room and mm-hmm. gave it gave it not just like a open the door, wait for breath sounds, and then close the door. It was like, no, he sat and like pondered each child and, and their safety and, and how sure he felt about them before he moved on to the next room, you know? 
And I wonder how that guy got downstairs and when he was downstairs. Like, was he upstairs when Randall came in the front door and then Randall went through, you know, to each girl's room? Did he... Is this a, is this a house with a front and a back stairs? I'm not sure, but like, that's kind of what I'm saying. Like, what if he was in one of the girls' rooms when Randall did open the door and he was just like hiding behind the door or something like that? You know what I mean? Like, what if he actually snuck on by? Like, mm-hmm. ah, the whole thing is... I kind of think it might be like the Huxtables. With front and back stairs? Yeah. Oh, I totally think that that's plausible. So it could be a matter of going down back stairs yeah Yeah. i just oh my god so what did you think of the twist when they had randall and beth figure out that jewelry was missing from their room that their cufflinks that her earrings that were out were gone i mean i think i would have spun out at that point really me too me too i don't what would you have done at that point i swear to god i'd be hiring like personal bodyguard for the house (laughs) like that would be there 24 7 Yes, all that. So far, we are a firearm-free family in in the case of that kind of invasion. That someone was in there when I was asleep? We would. In our room? <laughs> we would amend the constitution of the Daily oh House, I believe. But here's the thing. That's all fine and well, but we have to sleep at some point. So, yeah, I mean, all I'm, fortifications, I'm man. I'm serious about like hiring somebody to like be in our house to like watch for someone. Like I, I, I would be beyond beyond fearful. I don't know how people get through it. Having been in the house, having someone been in your bedroom. Jesus. Yeah. Could you stay in the house after that happened? Like, could you ever be Beth, like laying down in that bed going to sleep again? I mean, maybe, probably, but it would take... All the stuff that they were doing, plus all the stuff worth saying that we would do to, to <laughs> finally feel safe again in that same house. We're not as tied to this exact location for Casa Daily to to stay. So we can we have we can move our flag anywhere we want. <laughs> where, where Randall is is stuck uh, with staying in his district to, if he wants to keep being Councilman Randall. It uh it is all so much. I just I just don't even know what I would do. I I give a lot of credit to the show for creating such a twist that is so plausibly the source of somebody like completely spinning out because this is everything you know randall's family is everything to him you're right i mean he he is the reason why they're there everything his pride his pushing on beth no she asked him to not run and he said no i'm going to run you know mm-hmm. I mean, everything on he the risked way. their relationship he risked their relationship and now a man was in the bedroom with his wife with a knife. I mean, oh my God. This is whew, bravo to them. I, we've been watching the show now for a, a couple of years. And, you know, I felt like we were kind of bebopping along, like, well, what's going on this week? We've got a baby shower. We're doing a birthday party, you know, right. like that kind of stuff. But this is the kind of twist and turn of like, what? You know, yeah. Real things are going to happen. What did you feel about? The two different instances of getting mental health help. We had the flashback with Beth explaining the grief group mm-hmm. and and saying she would go with Randall. Did we see them actually go? They couldn't go because there was a situation going on at the house because something was going on with Kate. And right. Mark. Right. Okay. And so they were going to go pick up Randall because there was a whole situation going on. The grief group from the flashback. And we have... Malik's dad, Darnell, come and give an entire plea to Randall to get help. What did you think about these two instances? The Beth part, when Randall is still a young man, that part all seems exactly right. 
the part that was harder to take, but since that's what happened, that's what happened, was Darnell coming out of the blue and and giving up so many personal details in order to help this man who he's... I, I can't tell if he likes him or or respects him or just wish is a well-wisher or, or if Darnell's just that kind of guy that would lay out his entire deal for basically a stranger in order to try to help them, maybe. Even amongst male friends, at least in my experience, that level of sharing takes a while, you know, before someone's willing to do it. And so for them not to actually be friends and Darnell to do it seemed uncharacteristic of how I know men relate to each other. I think, though, the difference there was that Darnell saw Randall shaking, unable to answer the questions at the town hall. Mm -hmm. And so when you see that, when it's right in your face that someone is breaking down and having a hard time, I think that's what changes you know, would you realistically come up to someone else and talk to them and get, and off, offer them assistance that had helped you in the past? Just well, that just speaks to name well for his, his character. Very much so. I, I think, though, that that wouldn't have happened had the town hall not happened. I think that Darnell would have been at home with Malik and Malik would have told them and Dar- Darnell would have been like, well, that's a shame. You know, whatever. Maybe he would have laid off from emails and calls about the housing bill. But I don't know that he would have gone and talked to him. But when Randall actually is in public and he's struggling and he's obviously distracted with his phone and just can't really put his thoughts together, then I felt like I, I would give a, a higher percentage of people who would step forward then and say like, hey, I notice that you really are struggling and having a rough time. I give that one like, okay, what did you think about the idea that Beth with the grief group and what if that could have solved the whole thing way back when? College grief group isn't going to, I mean, it's going to make maybe feel a little better right then, but I don't know it's going to solve what Randall has going on in terms of like a long-term kind of thing. However, the realisticness of Beth making the suggestion, that kind of resource being available to him, he actually accepting that that is, is something he should probably do all that stuff, that all felt real. That all felt right on. Personally, I, I myself in, in college had a girlfriend who, we didn't go to grief group, but you know, when it came time to talk to somebody about one thing or another, she was the, definitely the sort to make that suggestion, as she does, <laughs> in a way that makes it clear that that's the path forward. I wonder where she is now. She's podcasting right with you right now. She is. <laughs> on the other side of the table (laughs) yeah i mean we've had our own share of like personal mental health struggles and anxiety and and all that kind of stuff and i definitely think that i think that those exact conversations happened between us in terms of beth um, being asked to stay or being um feeling like well i I, you know i really should go study but it was like but if you stay and you know i'm just i'm not doing that great You, you may not have asked me in those exact words your actions and your you know behavior and everything showed me like if i could help in some way i definitely would and i did bring you to mental health support people and they did sit and try to help and so i think that all those things are very realistic and and huge i really forget in between these moments how much beth and randall have gone through in their parallel lives with the loss of their dads that that fact is falls away from me when we talk about R&B and how well they get along and all that kind of stuff. I 
forget that they were just, you know, within a small window of time of when they both lost their fathers and that they were close with their dads. And they had this shared experience that should be the like, you know, steel rod of their relationship. You know, it mm-hmm. should be something that really comes to mind all the time with me, but it it rarely does. Do you find yourself like remembering like, oh yeah, they have this really shared past feeling here. Or or does that just kind of like pop up when it does, but then you kind of forget about it? It pops up when it when it does. This is a show about Jack's family, not Beth's family, which is interesting because you could probably have created a parallel show also called This Is Us or something, tracked Beth's family with Felicia Rashad as the matriarch. That would be super good. I, I would watch that show. And it would have been just as everything as this show is. So... Which bravo to them for creating really secondary character with a secondary storyline that we like well enough that we would have followed. You know, that doesn't always happen. Most of the time, those those storylines are so shallow or so thin that you feel like, I don't remember if they had parents or where they're from or what happened, but we know, we know their story. And it and that's with everyone. We know Toby's story. We know his mom and dad. We know where people come from, you know, mm-hmm. and we understand why they have anxiety and mental health issues um, and challenges that, that they still deal with every day. For Randall, we know that he has had this anxiety his whole life and we've had the opportunity to have William have shared with Beth that Williams was an anxious person his whole life as well. Now that we know it's history, it makes me feel less about like, oh, it's the fire and Jack's death that makes him feel helpless or anxious. It's so much more pounded this season, I think, that this has just been since he was a little tiny, tiny boy, you know? Yeah, we. this is the same kid that was going to pass out from getting a... You know, a tardy slip or whatever that Kevin signed that one week. You oh, know? no, he was wearing the sneakers. Right. Mr. Lawrence. Right, right. Uh, whatever you called but it. But still, he was up. older. He was older. He was in school. The, he was a toddler having anxiety. A toddler. Speaking of that scene. Yes. Um, what do you think the significance of having Jack watch The Shining during that sequence was? Well, for me, I kept poking at you because the and you know, spoiler alert for those of you who haven't watched The Shining, but at the end of The Shining, there is a big, I will say, mystery, I guess, of when and where and what actually happened because there's a picture of Jack Nicholson as the character Jack Torrance Torrance in a photograph he should have never been in, you know, could never have been in, in our, if you believe to the real storyline. So then it makes you be like, that in the whole, is it a hallucination? Is it not? That's certainly what The Shining is based on. Is like, I there's specific scenes, you know, they, the twins in the... The lady in room 237. All that. Or the, or the, remember that thing? What was it? Like a chipmunk or something? It was doing something sexual and nasty. Yeah. It was like a man dressed. And so, so were those people there? Were they not? Or is it a hallucination? Was he just losing his mind out of like loneliness and isolation up there? That's all wondering. What could your mind create? So that is a lot of what leaned people into this idea of, I think, that it could be a hallucination and that only makes you feel stronger when you when it started off with Jack watching The Shining. That made me think, oh, are they going to lead us down the path of the hallucination? But there is definitely some sort of cloud of what is real and what is not real. What did he really see? What really happened? But obviously the jewelry's gone, so we know it's real. Yeah. You know, all those things. But it, But you're right. It just put this interesting little stink cloud. I wonder if they edited it in a different way 
or had a couple different scenarios for edits where you could have left it a little more ambiguous about whether or not the burglar had ever been there. I bet not. This isn't really a mystery show like that. I mean, it's kind of started out with that, like, how did it, how did Jack well, I don't die? Mean mystery, element, mystery, but... mystery. Like you would say, let's go find the burglar. I mean, I meant mystery like, like leaving it a little more vague, just a little more vague about whether his mind and his fear and his anxiety had conjured up a scenario. So more like that. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Well, it'll depend on what episodes come next as to whether or not this answer makes any sense. Because, you know, this is us. uh, Seasons are only 18 episodes. This is the 11th. So they've got kind of a small amount of time to finish up this season's storyline. But the idea of putting the discovery of the missing stuff on say, next week's episode, Mm -hmm. might have pushed the breakdown another episode, right? Okay. Okay. So it'll be like, well, do we, how many episodes does it take to get over that and and that kind of stuff? So it'll be like, maybe they they need to compress everything to be all at once to- I see what you're saying. Okay. Give enough time for the rest of the show. Okay. All right. That makes sense. That makes sense. Because you're right. They, if they, if they left it more vague longer- it would just push the storyline down further. I understand. All right. So do you feel like we we discussed Randall and every aspect of what was going on here? Uh, let's see. We've covered little Randall, medium Randall, big Randall. Let's see. Oh, we got we got his his vigilante justice scene. Okay. Let's talk about vigilante justice, Paul. What'd you think? It's it's like how I would hope I would act in the moment if I happened to be gigantic and muscular like Sterling K. Brown is in real life. I still like to think that I would act that way if I saw a woman getting just, you know, her purse snatched like that. I mean, that's just the way you're supposed to treat that situation. You're not supposed to yell for help. You're supposed to intervene. So that's a guy girl thing. So I would definitely try to intervene, but I would definitely be yelling for help the whole time. I'd be like, ah, she's getting her personal and help. Like I'd be like screeching and yelling. I don't know that I would actually physically confront the dude as opposed to like, because I would be, I would be, I would be scared. Like I would, I, I would absolutely try to help the lady. Like, I mean, I'd be getting, I'd be running towards them, hoping I'd be like scaring them. You know, I have run towards a situation before. But usually, you know, the idea of, of being witnessed in this sort of thing is, is, is enough to get them going, you know, because make them run away. They're not really wanting the confrontation part. They're really just the purse part is the thing that they want. Right. And to stay out of trouble. Right. So then fighting off people that are coming to intervene, that's like way down the list of priorities. Right. So I would think if I just called attention and was like screaming and running towards them, they would run. That man would run away, I would hope, you know, Mm -hmm. I would hope. Because all of a sudden he's outnumbered, even though the original person is probably too scared to act. But at least there's two of you instead of just, you know, one on one. So would you think you would punch the dude or would you just go yelling and say, like, let her alone, stop that? Well... Here's the thing. I'm only five six, and if he was like, you know, six two or something like that, what am I gonna do? Jump on his back like a like a chimpanzee no, and just start no. pounding? No, it would be I, as a, as as a person of smaller stature. Whenever I'm in a situation that I'm a little worried about, I start darting my eyes around to be like, what could I grab? In, okay. in the event that I need to defend myself. And well, this is the kind of situation where a lot of runners carry like pepper spray or mace or something like that. That would not be like crazy for you to like have in your pocket while you're running. 
That's true, especially since the guy apparently lives downtown. It seems yeah. prudent that you would have something with you. It would be. So that's the type of thing I think you would want to hope you would have on you. And so I'd probably use something like that over physically punching someone. Would you think of like the viciousness portion of it? Of like, at least it felt like he didn't just punch him to push him off, but he was like, I was kind of scared from it. They paused when his fist was up. Thought maybe he was going to like murdelate him. Well, I mean, he probably only needed the two punches to, to get him. But I think they showed three punches and they mentioned that it when he said it was an orbital fracture, that means he broke his his eye in his eye socket. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's a you're a very strong person. Should you be able to to accommodate that injury <laughs> or you're a very strong person if you're able to impact that that injury on another person? Man, he really let him have it, given that he's been having this hell of a week he did as much as he needed to do and no more and and so you know if there's if they decide to go down some sort of like civil lawsuit type thing or something like that oh my god i cannot imagine that um he's i think he's more or less protected by not having done more Oh, that's true. That's very true. What did you think about the scene about the hero right after that, about coming in, them all clapping and him just like turning on his heels and leaving? I've never experienced that exactly, but I have experienced the idea of having a pat on the back when when you don't feel like there's any need for extra recognition. Okay. okay I've never saved anyone's life or, or anything like that, but little accomplishments or whatever, and someone else makes a big deal of it. And you're like, I'd really just prefer this have not gotten any notice, you know? Right. I can recognize that and that feeling of wanting to slink away from it. Like, can we just get back to what we were doing, please? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yes, I can appreciate that, but not on not to that level. So then Randall ends up calling Kevin and having that that really uh, deja vu moment of the you know when he had the breakdown season one right yeah and and calling Kevin and 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 being like you know I need to talk he had gotten caught up caught up in a, that phone call with Kevin the earlier in the in the episode where he he's calling and he's saying um giving him some information he's like what well why were you why were you gone where were you flying in from and all that ooh yeah. see this is the weaving web that is causing the problem for later so now he's lied to Kevin and that's just not an act of omission. Now he lied. You know, he didn't just not call them and tell them. He straight up lied about where he was. So this is the this is the ugh. So now Kevin says he's going to stay with him and he's going to talk with him. Do you feel Kevin's going to be successful? That's pretty much where we leave Randall. I think at this point in his life, in his career with anxiety, talking to Kevin is going to be enough to kind of take him down off the off the edge of the building per se, but he clearly needs more help than that. Yes. So I think the Kevin talk will serve its purpose, but it's not going to fix a long-term term problem. The Like you mentioned, they actually kind of let us on with his dialogue in this scene a little bit when he says, I lied or whatever he says, and then you expect him to, to come clean about this other thing. He, what, what did he say that he lied about? It was, it was not the Rebecca lie. It was... That he's doing okay or, or yeah. Or that he, well, he that. said, do you need like a um? They call it like a catch session or something like that. Basically, like a conversation. You just just basically just like throwing the ball around mentally, you know, like just a session. And so he had said, no, I don't need it, but I lied. I do need it. So you could see where when Kevin pieces this all together later on this season, and he's like, you called after you went to see mom. 
and you still didn't tell me and you asked for my help and I helped you and you still didn't tell me. It's going to be bad. It's going to be bad. Yes. Let's talk about the other two Pearsons just lickety split. Kate, clearly something extreme is happening with her because they canceled dinner and Kevin and Rebecca are coming to get Randall because something happened with Kate and they had laid the groundwork a little bit because she was on the phone talking to Mark and she was like, I don't know. Why are you so mad? Blah, blah, blah. Like this kind of stuff. Yeah. Clearly this is going to be the culmination of Mark and what he has going to do to her. Do we all guess it's physical abuse? That seems, I mean, I mean mental, emotional for sure. We know, but that, that takes a while for everyone else to, to, to speak up and, and actually go and physically try to find her, you know, that sort of thing. Physical abuse, everybody acts right away. Hopefully. So so we'll see. We'll see what happens with her. Um, and then we have with Kevin, the very last scene, um, after that week, he's with a woman. We don't know who. Hair's all tussled. Can't quite tell what color it is. Kind of brown, kind of kind of blonde in the covers. Um, so we don't know who it is. Kind of makes me wonder if this is the second time this season where they've done a pretty much all Randall episode. Mm-hmm. And so it makes me wonder if next week they'll... If instead of going, you know, beep, boop, boop, all three, if they'll go to a Kevin story, you know, to fill in the the blanks here of what the week he's been having. I think so. That's my best guess. And then it'll be like a hell of a week for each Pearson is my best guess. Yes. So then we won't come back to a full, a full Randall um, conclusion um, until maybe it's going to be part one, part two, part three. That makes week, sense. Part one, yeah. Hell of week part two. Because haven't we had that before? I think we have. So this is what it's stinking like, you guys. So we hope you guys have enjoyed our coverage of This Is Us. Thanks so much for listening. You can listen to Daily Review on Pod Clubhouse, where we're collaborating with other podcasters, friends. Hope you guys come join us over there. Thanks a lot. Join us on our new venture called Pod Clubhouse. Come on over and listen to more podcasts from a variety of collaborating podcasters. Thanks for listening, pod people. Thanks for listening to my mom and dad. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Just go home, folks.